0: actually practicing prayer together. And uh, and today, we're continuing on that trend, right? So we've been talking, we've been using this paradigm. In our first weeks, we talked about these prayers that we called inward prayers. They were, they were prayers where we were seeking the inward transformation of God. And then after that, we've moved to these upward-facing prayers. And these are prayers where we are we're turning our eyes upward and we are seeking the intimacy of God. And we've done two weeks of that We're in our third and final week, and I just, I know that I would be remiss if we somehow talked about seeking the intimacy of God and we didn't talk about how do we do that in his word, right? How do we seek the intimacy of God by going to him and reading his word? So today we're going to be practicing a type of prayerful reading of God's word, prayerful reading of the scripture, and it's called Lectio Divina. That's the official term for it. Maybe you've heard of it before. Maybe you've done it before. Lectio Divina is just fancy Latin words for divine reading. It's reading the scripture. And it's a little bit different than than perhaps how you are used to reading the scriptures. Because Lectio Divina is not about finding the right Exegetical interpretation of a passage. It's not about, you know, going through and and looking at the language and picking it apart and finding the context. And it's not a reading of the scripture with our mind or our intellect, right? Now, those things are actually really good. Reading the scripture in those ways, studying the scripture. We're actually called to to like a, a spiritual discipline of study to study the word, to learn, but Lectio Divina is not that, right? So this is really hard work for people like me who love to come and pick apart and study and look at the language and all those sorts of things, Uh, but this is really reading the Bible as an act of prayerful listening. So I'm going to give you an example an example from my own life of what it looks like to do Lectio Divina, to, to pray the scriptures and to listen for what God might have for us, just so you can feel like maybe you have, you have a little bit of permission, right? Permission to, to allow God to sanctify your imagination, perhaps, as you listen to the passages that we're going to be reading through today. So a number of years ago, I was reading and meditating on God's word. And, um, you know, I was going through various texts in the major and minor prophets, so a part of the Old Testament. And I found myself at this passage in Zechariah chapter 2. And, uh, and it says this, it says, Jerusalem will be a city without walls because of the multitude of men and livestock within it. For I will be a wall of fire around it, declares the Lord, and I will be the glory within it. Now, there's a whole bunch of historical context. There's all kinds of questions that you can ask, and you're like, well, it says it won't be a walled city, but then not that far later, they go back and they, the prophets call the people to build a wall around Jerusalem. Why did that happen? And all kinds of questions there. I set those aside and said, well, God, what are you saying to me here? And I, I was really challenged. I was reading this, um, this passage, and I felt like overcome that God had something personal to say to me through this image of his holy city being a place without walls. I felt challenged by God to begin to let down some of the walls that I had in my own life, some of the self-protective walls that I had placed around my heart to try to keep myself safe from people or difficulties around me. I, I felt challenged to be more vulnerable and to do so with more boldness the boldness of this image of the new, this new Jerusalem that was filled with good things and people and livestock and protected not by a set of walls, not by something that they built themselves, not by their own strength, but protected by the presence of God. And, and actually that they were protected in the act of removing the walls, right? And it's not the intended meaning of the text, right? But God used that picture to speak into my heart and invite me into a greater practice of vulnerability in my life, that I could become like this city without walls and trust God to be my protector rather than trying to protect myself. This is the kind of reading of scripture that we're trying to do today. Not looking for the right, correct interpretation of the text. That's important. We do a lot of that here on Sundays. We come and we read the word and, uh, and you know, in, in a regular sermon. That's the work that I do right is to to help us read it in its context to help understand what god might be saying to us but also what god was saying to the people to whom it was written at that time we do that work um because it's important for us to read the bible to read god's word with our whole self right and that includes our mind and our heart and our spirit but today we're focusing a little less on reading with the intellect and we're trying to really read with our hearts right does that make sense yeah okay so here is how we're going to do it. This is Lectio Divina. So I've selected a passage for us today, and I'm going to read it slowly three different times. And each time, we're going to come to it with a slightly different intention. I will give you instructions as we go along. And uh, we're just going to have like a slightly more narrowed focus as we read this passage listening to God's voice. And we're doing this in groups uh, for a couple of reasons. One, because it's helpful sometimes to process some of these things out loud, so after each of the times we read it through, and you'll have a question, and have a chance to share with the people that are in your group. You don't have to, or if it's, sometimes God will bring something really personal, and maybe you don't feel comfortable to share that, but I, I'm really confident, actually really believe that God will perhaps have some things that aren't just for you, but maybe some things that are for our church, or for the people that you're with, and so there'll be an invitation to share, and uh, and that's also like, that's a we talk about reading the scriptures and reading the scriptures well. Like, in the book of Timothy, we're invited. It says, devote yourselves daily to the public reading of scripture. So reading the Bible is not simply a personal act. It's actually something we also do communally with others. And so this is a, this is a way of us practicing that together. So we're going to read it three different times, uh, slightly different focus. If you have a Bible, we do have some Bibles around. They're, they're kicking around. If you want to follow along, we're going to be in John chapter 17, um, please feel free to do that. I usually, when I do this kind of reading, I like circle words and outline stuff and whatnot. Um, I won't be offended if you do that in our Bibles. That's fine. Uh, you have my permission if you've got a pen, if you'd like to do that. Um, but if, the, on the other side of it, sometimes actually having the book and the text in front of me personally, it can make it so that I go straight back into my head. I start analyzing. I look back at the words instead of allowing it to just wash over me. So it might be helpful for you to close your eyes and listen, because I am going to read it out loud. And, uh, and so you're welcome to also do that, to just close your eyes and listen and allow it to wash over you and just be in that practice. So you can follow along or you can listen. We're reading out of John 17. Um, and uh, it's, it's going to be from verse, from verse 20 right to the end of the chapter. And this is this is like a, out of a section of John that we call sometimes Jesus' high priestly prayer. So this is actually, I think this is really amazing, this is a prayer that Jesus prayed for you, right? So he starts off, and he's, he's, he's been praying for, he prays to be glorified, and then he prays for his disciples, and then he prays for all believers. And here's what we know, out of the book of Hebrews, it actually says that Jesus is still always interceding for us. So Jesus, right now today, stands in the throne room of God and is praying for you. And this, we know, is one of the prayers that he has prayed for us. So we're going to go, we're going to read this together, we're going to read it slowly. And as we go into our first reading of it, this is the invitation. I want to invite you, um, (laughs) I wrote this out, so allow the text to wash over you. If there is a word or a phrase that sticks out to you, take note of it. There's no need to force things here. Simply wait patiently for God's still, small voice to speak to you through his word. So you're just going to let it wash over you. And if there is a word or a phrase that kind of sticks out to you, just be attentive to that. I don't know why that word is there. You don't have to know why at this point. Just, this is standing out to me. So I'm going to read the passage for us today. This is John 17 starting at verse 20 to the end of the chapter. Uh, And so Jesus has just prayed for his disciples, and then he says, My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I and them and you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am Lord, we open our hearts to you today, and we ask that you would come and speak. Lord, you say in your word that your sheep know your voice. Help us to be attentive as your sheep, to hear your voice, to hear you speak to us through your word, and to accept what, what encouragement, what challenge, whatever it is that you have to say to us. Jesus, we know that we cannot come and read your word on our own, so we ask that your Holy Spirit would come. Would come and empower us. Empower us to hear what it is that you have to say to us as individuals, to our church, as a community. Be with us, we pray. Amen. So after this first reading, perhaps there was a word or a phrase that stuck out to you. I'm just going to give you a few minutes to, to share with everybody. Hey, this is what stuck out to me. So I will be back in about three minutes, so go for it. Okay, I still hear some chit-chat. It's okay. We're going to have another chance to chat after we read it a second time here. If you didn't get a turn, we're doing those ones quick. But the last one, you'll have lots of time to chat and discuss. So don't worry if you didn't get a chance to, to share in this. So we're going to do another reading of the passage. The exact same thing. I'm going to read it again. And in this second reading of the passage, feel free to focus in. Right, The first time, you just let it wash over you. This second time, feel free to focus in on whatever that specific part that seemed to stand out for you. And the encouragement is to be curious. What might God be trying to say to you? Why might he be bringing up that particular word, that particular phrase? Why was it that you, you, you found the word bold stuck out to you? Why was it that you found that, that the, uh, the, you know, the, you know, whatever it might be, that particular thing that's stuck in your head why do you think that is? Listen through the passage again. And I'm, I'm going to pray and then I'll read it again. And that's the invitation. What is God trying to say in that particular thing? Okay? Lord Jesus, prepare our hearts again. Lord, as we come and we read your word, we give you permission to speak, to speak into our hearts what it is that you have for us. Lord, help us to hear. Hear and understand the the message you have for us today in your name. This is John 17, beginning at verse 20. So Jesus had just prayed for his disciples, and then he says, My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. and have loved them, even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, through the, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them, and that I myself may be in them. So perhaps God has brought a particular phrase to your attention, and then the question is, well, why? Why? And, and you know, do I think that perhaps this word is standing out to me? And I'm going to give you a little bit longer. So we had three minutes. Now we're going to have five minutes <laughs> um, to share. Whoever didn't get to share last time gets to go first this time. Okay. I know, I know, not everyone has had a chance to talk. That's okay. You're going to get one more chance, (laughs) and it will be longer still. Um, But we're going to go back to the text again, right? We're going to read it one more time. This will be the last time that I read the text for you. And this one is similar to the last one, but but it goes beyond. So on this third and final reading of the text, consider the circumstances of your life. So you can actually take yourself a little bit out of the text to step back and say, okay, well, where am I? What's going on in my life? What's what's happening around me? And then ask again, why, God, are you bringing me this specific message at this particular time? And then here's the challenging part. Is there a particular action that you feel called into taking? Is there an encouragement or a challenge that's weighing on your heart? don't let those things pass you by unnoticed capture it and consider it to see what Jesus might have for you today yeah okay lord open our hearts yet again by your spirit we come and we read of your word trusting that it is alive it's not a this this dead book from so long ago god but it is this living Text that continues to speak and reveal to us about who you are, about who we are, what it looks like to follow you. Lord, speak into our hearts today. We pray. Amen. This is John 17, starting at verse 20. So after he had prayed for the disciples, he said, My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Why might God be bringing you this specific, his specific message at this particular time? Is there an action that you feel called into taking, an encouragement or a challenge that is weighing on your heart? Don't let these things pass by unnoticed. Capture it and consider it and see what Jesus might have for you today. I'm going to give you as much time as I can (laughs) to talk amongst yourselves. Uh, about what God might have spoken to you today, okay? Okay, okay, church. I know you're still talking. It's amazing. I do not want to stop you, but I want to respect your time. And we have one last thing to do. Um. But did you did you see that? Like, was that a different experience of reading the Bible than perhaps you have had? Yeah. This doesn't have to be the only time that you do this, right? <laughs> this is a good, beautiful practice. <clears throat> and if you're on your own, you can do this with journaling. You know, you can stop and write it down. What is God saying? Write it down. Or you can, you can tell a friend. You can partner up with somebody. This is a beautiful way to seek the intimacy of God. Did you feel as close? Like, I feel him close today today. As I was here praying for all of you, like, he is among us. He is, he is speaking through his word, which is sharper than any double-edged sword, right? And, and did it cut deep with anyone today? Was there something you're like, oh, yeah, I feel that. <clears throat> it's funny for me, during the week, as I was going through this passage in this way and praying this passage, one of the words that stuck out to me was glory, and there's this, the, the verse where it says that, like, he's given us his glory. And I was like, what does that mean that I have the glory of God? I don't get, oh, I don't think I live that. And then I realized the next verse was like, so that they might be one, as you and I are one. And I was like, oh, us being united as believers is one of the pictures of the glory of God. And then I had an experience where I got into a conversation with a fellow believer, and it turned to politics, and, and I was very frustrated. <laughs> and I didn't say anything, you know, that, I didn't get angry with them or anything, but afterwards, I remember I, I sat down, and I, was, I just had to sit for a minute, I was like, oh, I'm so bothered by this. And this morning, as I came to the text, and I sat here, and I prayed, I, I, I need to repent. I need to repent. For the anger that I had in my heart out of that conversation. For the way that 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 was causing disunity in the body. I felt that challenge. I'm telling it to you today because, like, there's accountability in sharing like that. Amen? That's why you are in groups. So you can do the same thing with one another. Right? So here's the thing. I want everyone to point to the sky with their finger. Everybody, one finger up in the air. Point to the sky. Look around at the people in your group slowly, everyone is going to lower their fingers and point at one person, and that person is the leader of the group, okay? Everybody, lower your fingers slowly. Come to a consensus somehow. Everybody, come on down. Point at somebody. Who are you pointing at? (laughs) If you have the most fingers pointed at you, put your hand in the air. Let's see who the leaders were. (laughs) Okay, Chrissy at the back. All right. Yeah, Mary, okay. Yeah, all right. (laughs) Over here, it looks like it's, (laughs) this group's still figuring it out. Over here, who's got it? It's Jen, okay. (laughs) Yeah, all right. Okay. Just really quick, really quick, I'm going to ask each of the leaders, okay, each of the leaders of the group, was there, because here's what I believe, like, God speaks to us and for us, but he also is speaking to our church, yeah? And so I'm just going to ask each of you, was there anything that kind of came up in your group that you think would be beneficial, not just for them, but actually for the body of believers that is here today to hear? Okay, and it might not be. It might have just been things for you personally, but I'm just going to ask each group. So Jen, was there anything there that you think maybe should be shared? (laughs) Okay. Yes. and so letting the love of Jesus um, makes us one spread to the people around us. And, yeah. And mhm. Yeah. So unity and letting the love of Jesus come into us and like spread to those around us. If that's not a gospel message, I don't know what is right? Like that is how his kingdom come his will be done in Thornbury as it is in heaven will happen. Yes. Amen. The group at the back, who is your leader? Janice. (laughs) Yeah, so like, God sometimes places, I'm just for the people on Zoom, God sometimes places a particular burden in our hearts for someone, right? And and here's the truth, like, you are not responsible for discipling everyone, right? That's a big, bold, scary task, if we were all responsible for everybody, but God has people for you, right? And so what Janice is saying, what their group got, is there's this invitation with those people for whom they have a burden, and perhaps it's a long duration, perhaps you've been, you know had this burden for a long time, and you've loved them and you so desire for them to, to, to experience healing and hope and joy and the fullness of life that we can have in Jesus, and you've got that sitting in your heart, the invitation is to, like, faithfully follow after Jesus and live a life that represents the way that He loves, the way that we are loved. So that they might be invited into that same family, yeah, that that they could be one with us as as Christ and the Father are one, yeah. That's beautiful, awesome. Group at the back, was it? Was it Alicia? Was it that I saw? Yeah, Alicia. Um. <clears throat> So that there's a, that's, that's beautiful. There's this a, there is a message. There is an invitation, actually, as we're called to become one, right? Like, what, is, what are the words of, of John the Baptist? That, like, he would become greater and I would become less, right? That's, that's what you're hearing. Like, there's an invitation as we're desiring to be one family that there's a mutual submission that happens. That there's, in order for us to be together, um, we have to be humble. That's, wow, that's a message. Awesome. Melania, I think you were the leader in your group, right? Is there anything for our church? Well, we were just talking about how the enemy has made in hell by dividing Absolutely. So the enemy works by creating div- division, right? The enemy seeks to, to steal, kill, and destroy. And this is wholeness. This is a coming together. That's what Jesus is doing. That's what his glory is in us. That's wonderful. Thank you so, so much for sharing. In this group, who did we have? I know that you were back and forth. We were very divided. You were very divided on who? <laughs> yeah, Rick? <laughs> All right. I'm pointing at you too. So if it was a tie, then... You're just straight ahead for me.
1: Yeah, the, world shows us that every day. the only way so we can, yeah, yeah absolutely. So it's uh, being in Christ, staying in Christ, and um, discerning those around us who are also in Christ, so we can work together as a team.
0: Yes, that's beautiful. So I'm hearing two two separate themes. So one was unity, which we've talked a lot about, and this this like like almost that we need to like like earlier in John, abide in me, and I'll abide in you. We need to be present. With him, if we are ever to seek unity, we cannot do it on our own. This is the work of the Spirit, and I will say, like coming to this church, that's one of the things I said was you've got this diverse group of people, and somehow they're one. And to me, that is evidence that the Holy Spirit is here, because that cannot happen any other way. But that's something we need to continue to nurture. It's something that at our Tuesday night prayers we pray for this church is for unity. And then the other thing that I heard was. in that passage, which I totally didn't see but is absolutely there, there is an invitation to worship, that God would be glorified, and actually to pull it all together, worshiping is, like, as the body of Christ gathers to worship, we worship, we praise with one voice. Worshiping is something that is uniting for us. So that all, that came together beautifully. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing. Chrissy at the back with the kids. Yeah. I'm... Sorry,
1: guys. <laughs> 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 So we talked about a couple of different ideas, but we shared a lot about unity, Mm -hmm. and we talked a bit about a break. So if you think of hair, if there's a strand on its own, it can easily be broken. Mm -hmm. But when it comes together and you weave it together, it's strong, it's going in the same direction. Though there's still individual strands, Mm -hmm. it's now strong and strengthened when it comes together.
0: Yeah. So So like interdependence, like that actually together we are stronger than we are by ourselves. And I think you could add to that metaphor. She used a metaphor of hair, and one strand's easy to break, but a bunch of them is harder to break. You could add to that that when you've got a bunch of them, you also need regular brushing, <laughs> right? Because it will get tangled, and then you get brokenness as well. And I think, yeah, and you've got stuff going out in different directions and standing up. You see that on my hair all the time probably when I'm up here. Um, and so that there's an invitation, like the regular... I'm just the, the regular disciplines of our church. Our spiritual disciplines are like that brush, that comb, coming through, keeping us all abiding in Christ. Right? Because if we are in Christ, we will be together, and if we are not in Christ, we will not be. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. I think it was you, Mary. Is that right? Yeah.
1: So we also talked about unity and um, how amazing it was that Jesus is praying for us. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, again, coming back to unity, it's a key theme in the passage. One of the things that Jesus prays for for the believers is that we would be one. And then, yeah, leaning into our spiritual disciplines and practices. Um, there's common themes here. Who would have thought? <laughs> um, I forget your name. I just met you this morning. Peter.
1: Peter. Yeah. Um, yeah. Second thing we got out of it is uh, you mentioned the beginning vulnerability that we have to let our very down. Yes, I find myself uh, often, you know, an opportunity comes up to minister. We did talk about vulnerability in the sense mm-hmm. that, that the love of Christ, see, love casts out fear. That's, that's
0: yeah, first thing, John. Right? 4.
1: It does, yes. is perfect
0: love to drive out fear yes yeah so again talking about unity but in a different way how blessed it is that we are invited into the unity that we have the opportunity to be a part of it that's something that turns us to the worship i'm trying to remember the group that talked about worship this is all coming together and then also they talked about vulnerability and kind of reminds me of the idea there's humility that's necessary but being humble is deeply vulnerable right and so Peter was sharing that like when an opportunity for ministry arises, fear can come in, but fear scatters, right? Fear does not drive people into unity, it scatters, but how are we emboldened except by the community of our brothers and sisters together in Christ, amen? So that's the, like, why unity? Why do we need unity? Well, because we have hard work to do. Work that we cannot do on our own, but work that we together, empowered by Christ, abiding in Christ, resting in his presence, are able to do in such a way that we can believe the words that he says when he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen? Yeah. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Peter. Our last group who was trying to decide who to share. Carmen, you're up. Yeah.
1: Um, so a lot, of, a, lot
0: of- a lot of similar themes. Yes it's so, the same passage the so history. yeah
1: um yeah so we talked a lot about again that that relationship between believers but also um what to, to me was also where it says uh, may they also be in us right and so there's that outward relationship but also that upward relationship yes and how that's really important, both directions. yes um
0: Yeah. 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 So again, right. like this message of unity, this, I love that image. Like there's the, our upward relationship and our outward relationships. And both of those need to be tended to in order for us to be healthy. Har- Harvey, do you have something you wanted to share? Of the unity. Yeah. I think that it's, so Harvey's asking, what is the unity Jesus is talking about, and what is the purpose of that unity, right? And I think this is where the metaphor of the body is so helpful. Because the body is united, but it is not uniform, right? So there are actually many different parts, and those different parts do different things, right? So actually, a mentor of mine, he says often, he'll say, we need more expressions of church, not less. Because there are other different churches, other different believers who will reach different people and places that I will never be able to reach. So i give you an example of the scripture, Paul and Barnabas, right? They eventually have a split because they have this sharp disagreement. And what, what happens because of that split? The gospel spreads even further. The important part is they were still united. So there was some technical things. What form or what way should we do this? Should we let this guy back? You know, all of, like, they had technical disagreements on how particularly they should do it, but they were deeply united in the message of Jesus that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and they were deeply united that other people needed to hear that. And so they went together, or separately, they went on mission. So I think the unity that we have at, a, at a, like a global level, we think about the church as a unity of mission, right? That we're invited together into a mission to see God's kingdom come and will be done, right? In a local context, we might have more specific unity that we need in this church in order to, like, we have to have a unity of, not everybody has to agree, right? But we have to have a unity of how are we gonna worship? <laughs> because we can't worship 16 different ways. We have to together worship one way. And there's humility in being involved in a, Particular, worship, particular community, because you have to, like, not everything is going to be precisely how you want it. You have to walk in mutual submission and surrender to one another. Um, but there's also unity in that, in that mission, in unity as family, not uniformity. Actually, the diversity of voices is beautiful and good, but unity in these central things. I think of the very first song that we sang today, which was the Great Commission, or not the um, Apostles' Creed, right? I believe in God, our Father, in Christ the Son, the Holy Spirit, like, these central tenets, these beliefs, and then our invitation to, or, or our challenge, perhaps, or, or the command, the imperative of Christ to go and to spread that to others. So that's our unity. Does that, does that make sense? It's repeated three times, right? And he says, like, that, they, that others would know the glory, right? That's in the text. That others would be able to see. <laughs> that's like, so he's given us his glory so that we can be together so that others could see by our witness that there is something that happens in a place like a church that cannot happen any other place because it is empowered by the Holy Spirit, that many different diverse people can come together and be one family, be on mission together in a way that I don't think anything else can. So uh, I skipped our last worship song so that we could spend this extra time talking through these things. I hope that this has been... Oh, Ava, do you have something? Or not Ava. Oh my goodness, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm forgetting your name. Addison. Addison. Please, leave our, give us our final word. I in them and you in me. Yes, I in them and you in me. Yeah. Christ in us, in us, in him. I don't think there's a better thing for us to leave from here thinking about. Amen? Go in the blessing of God today thanks for listening to the blue mountain community church podcast may god's word fill you up this week god bless